about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. Tony Victory. One, two, three, go. You know when you hear that, it's worst gig ever. Hey, everybody, I'm Mike Pace. I'm Jeff Garlock. Very excited. This week, we have the man behind such bands as Charles Bronson, Das Oath, Failures. Holy Moeller. His name is Mark McCoy. Mm-hmm. And he is a lovely individual. He's a fantastic man. Old friend, old tour mate. That's right. Well, how, do you, how do you know him? I know him from Panthers going on tour. Actually, the first time I met him, I was in a doom metal band called Hoofknife that played one show with Das South, and that might have been the first time I met Mark. And then we end up going on a two-week tour together of the UK and Europe. Yes. And then he's in a band with my friends and so failures. And he's it's, around. It, but when I went on tour, I said, this guy... This guy's the guy. And you this know guy's what? a guy, a lovely man. He spins a great yarn. Spins has, a great yarn. He has uh, some great stories about these European tours mm-hmm. that Das Oath used to do. He gets into some Bronson talk, but he also, he, he's a guy, he looks forward. And, and I yeah. can, he doesn't revel in the past. And that We come is, up with a great Giallo film plot. That's right, uh, we do. It's so, a great episode. There's a, whole, there's a whole lot of good stuff in here. He's also a very accomplished visual artist. Yes. And you can find his work all over the place. And he yeah. also runs uh, a record label as well. Yep, Eth Tech. So this guy this guy does a lot. He's a modern day Renaissance man starring Danny DeVito. <laughs> you yes. might say. We have plenty Our of other Danny DeVito. <laughs> Renaissance men and women on the podcast. You can check out their episodes by going to worstgigeverpodcast.tumblr.com. Check us out. We're on iTunes, Facebook, Stitcher Radio. Basically anywhere you, you listen to podcasts, you can find us. You're listening to a podcast, you're gonna find us. Exactly. You can uh, leave us comments, reviews, write us worstgigever at gmail.com. Tweet at us at Mikey Pace at G Garlic at Worst Gig Ever. Thank you for all of your emails. It is lovely to hear from people that enjoy the show and people that don't enjoy the show. I had a guy that just came up to me on the street and said, "Hey, man, I hate your show." Really? Yeah, that is rough. And that man, Joe Franklin. Oh my God, Joe! The first mean thing he ever said. <laughs> that is, he just come back from interviewing the Ramones in his basement. No, we love Joe Franklin on the show. Uh, in case anyone's worried, we really love Joe Franklin. And you know, you know what we also love. Hey, we love we love Mark McCoy. You're love gonna Mark love McCoy. him. You're gonna love the way you look when you listen on this week's worst gig ever. You know, what we also love Tweet Audio. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, go to tweakedaudio.com, Enter the. Pro- <laughs> you enter that promo code worst you get one third off of your offer or purchase or you just your bounty or your booty whatever you want to do i am done for the day and, and you should be done for the day as you listen to mark mccoy a um, gem of a man a man of a gem <laughs> Because Jem was a bad lad. We're done. We're done here. Here's Mark McCoy on Worst Gig Ever. Peace. Our best intro ever. 
in the fall of 2000, my band, The Oath, went on its first European tour. It was four weeks long. And the first date of the tour was our first show ever. <laughs> <laughs> An auspicious start. Two of the band members were Dutch. <laughs> right. And we didn't really know each other that well. <laughs> so uh, our, our first show was in Belgium. And within two minutes of the first show, I did some weird jump and came down and fucked my heel up so bad <laughs> that the next day I had to go to the hospital because I couldn't walk. Really? So they gave me these painkillers and these crutches and they're like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Socialized medicine. Go nuts. So I had these like Keith Richards boots, like these like snake skin boots. <laughs> and I was like, I got to do something else, man. And people... <laughs> I need, I need some real shoes. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, the Dutch are like the tallest civilization in the world. Like, <laughs> yeah. Everyone there is like six foot eight. Jeroen, the guitar player who set up the tour, is huge. He's like, you know, a he's towering, a menacing man. <laughs> and you're a, you're like a tall a, man yourself. Yeah. He towers. He's like a whole head tall. But for the listener, you're what? Six, I'm six three. Six three. Yeah. I feel like a, like a, like a little person next you're to him. You're a full foot <laughs> taller than both yeah. of us. <laughs> So I spend like two days hobbling around these malls trying to find a pair of shoes that fit me. None of the shoes fit me. I just think, how's this possible? Finally, I found a pair of 13s that are like these ugly green Adidas. And I'm like, yes, you know, fine. So, yeah, uh, the drummer's band came with us for the first leg of the tour. They're this rock band from Rotterdam called Uh Oil. And we embarked towards Scandinavia. In this like rented van, uh-huh. and my foot had to be propped up because it was like pulsating the whole time. You know? <laughs> and within a few days, the door of the van broke, <laughs> so I was like sitting next to this sliding door. It would pop open on the highway, <laughs> and I'm like incapacitated. My foot's like all bound up. So we get a bungee cord and bungee it oh. shut. <laughs> So the whole time it's like going bam, 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 bam. <laughs> Using the power of bungee. It's like, yeah. you know, freezing wind blasting in the face. I'm like, I'm the first to go for sure. <laughs> uh, but in that kind of uh, enclosed environment, you really see like each other's worst qualities. Like, sure. Like, you know, the greasy head stain on the window. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, like any little thing will set you off it drives you crazy All right and listening to people laughing and carrying on in dutch it's like it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a really harsh language really... me and the bass layer date who's from new york are like oh god kill me these guys are the worst <laughs> what it, there's i know not to cut you off but there's like uh, i remember me and jay the singer panthers would make fun of your own because there was like a syllable that was always in Dutch language. It's the probably the the G sound. Maybe that I, we were just constantly like, "You're making up words, man. You're not talking anything. Yeah, like, like the, you're just fucking with us back here." Because it would be like "luggle bliggle luggle." No way, Dutch. Like that's what it started to sound like after a while. It was driving me nuts. Well, I realize the Dutch are like a really vulgar country. <laughs> yeah. Like their their biggest insult, like if you called someone's mother, like the worst thing you could think of would be to call her a tombstone face. <laughs> oh, I forgot about it. The word for it is Rafael. Yeah. <laughs> what a harsh weird language. That is so brutal. weird, yeah. 
But so, okay, th- there's so many things going on here. Yeah. Continue. So you've, you've uh, and I've already got questions for you, but, but, but you're oh, yeah. in so the you're van. you're with oil. You're, you're literally, you're seeing the oil in oil's hair on the <laughs> yeah. windows. Yeah, we're like confined in this smelly, damp, like locker room right. canister. You right. Know, it's rattling. It's loud. Everyone's laughing. Everyone smells. <laughs> 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 You know, it's really, it's really uncomfortable, but it becomes apparent that someone has to stay in the van overnight. Right. Or else it's going to get broken into and our stuff will get taken. <laughs> right. So we have to take turns. No one wants to do it because the last thing you want to do after playing is go inside this van when you're still sweaty and go to sleep. It's Just hotboxing yeah. yourself. It's the worst feeling. There's no ventilation. Right. Half of that, you're freezing at the same time. You yeah. know, it's awful. <laughs> And um, as we started heading south, Yaron casually mentions, uh, when we get to Modena, I sleep in the van. We're like, all right, what's up with that? What's he hiding? Yeah. Right. Where is Modena? What country Modena is, it? is a town in northern Italy. Okay. I've never been yeah. there. I okay. didn't know anything about it. I think it's famous for its sports cars. Okay. And we're like, why? What's up with Modena? Oh, nothing. <laughs> uh, but he had already been there before on a previous tour with his old band. Main Strike? Main strike. <laughs> I was talking about it for him the listener. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I didn't know anything about like the Italian scene or anything. Right. You know? So mm-hmm. we kind of show up blindly. And I think we played in Switzerland and drove straight to the next show. <laughs> you know, we arrived, you know, we, we left like in the middle of the night to, to get there like really late. Right. And um, we would stay the night there and play the following night. So we'd be at this place for like 24 hours. <laughs> And I remember driving in the middle of like fucking nowhere. It's like <laughs> desolate fields, you know, like a one lane dirt road with like <laughs> trees up, you know, on both sides. Right. You can't see anything. <laughs> we veer off into this driveway. Right. And I see the silhouette of what looks like a fucking haunted house, like in the middle of this like wide open field. Right. It's like this abandoned, huge, menacing looking building with no lights on. Not sure country you're in at this point. Like, it's completely desolate. It's like, you know, it's been unoccupied for like decades. Right. And your own's like, we're here. (laughs) (laughs) See you in the morning. (laughs) And we're like, oh, fuck. So we, you know, pile out of the van. I hobble in. We split up in pairs and we're told, Nate and I were told to go down in the basement. And instead of going in the main entrance, we duck down through this like service entrance <laughs> into like this ancient like tomb <laughs> you know it's like musty right covered in like trash and dirt <laughs> it's like you know you know it's like really disgusting wait and so like, is this oh. a squat or the venue or is this where you're staying okay i realize is uh, a squatted grade school Oh. Been abandoned for I don't know how long. That's 20, one of the creepiest years. things ever. <laughs> yeah. So the other guys vanish upstairs. At this point, Marcel had the flu. <laughs> so like I remember looking at him in the van, his head's like leering, he's like sweating. <laughs> so he basically went upstairs and collapsed somewhere uh-huh. with one of the roadies. Right. And a guy that didn't speak any English was like, "There you sleep." You know, it's like a <laughs> like a concrete, like a narrow concrete hallway covered in dirt and there's no electricity (laughs) you know and we had played so i was like you know my clothes had like sticking to me so we unrolled our mats 
and like get into our like you know long underwear and slip into our like <laughs> <laughs> try to make it as so many protective <laughs> layers yeah we get into our sleeping bags and we're like oh god you start hearing like um like a cat meowing like, <laughs> meow, meow, meow. you know 10 minutes of this i'm like starting to go crazy and realize we're getting bitten by something <laughs> i mean we're like getting bitten on the head <laughs> And I'm like slapping my face in the dark. It's so dark. I can't see my hand in front of my face. And I, and I realized we're getting bitten by fleas. Oh, God. It's nauseating. And I like turn my head to the side and I'm like, I could, I could taste the dust off the floor <laughs> in my mouth that I'm inhaling. <laughs> Or like, and Nate's like, man, fucking your room, that motherfucker. <laughs> I'm taking the, the money purse and I'm fucking leaving. Fuck this tour. <laughs> you know, he, had, he knew what he, he did. Sure. Sick. So we're, we're laying there and trying to go to sleep. And then suddenly I hear the sound of like plastic being stepped on like, um, like a shower curtain or like a, um, like a mattress cover being rustled. <laughs> We're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> we, you know, creep out of our sleeping bags, and he's got this little flashlight on his keychain. Uh huh. He's shining it in this hallway. <laughs> and we realize there's a room off the end of the hallway with the door open. Uh-huh. And as we're approaching, like cautiously through this hallway, we hear. We <laughs> freeze, like, oh my god. <laughs> Shine the light in the room and like three fucking Dobermans come charging off these like wooden planks, like bunk beds in a concentration camp, (laughs) snarling at us. And these heads pop out of these guys, these emaciated shirtless figures, you know, totally startled. They've got like long scraggly hair and big beards. They look like Charles Manson. And they pull the dogs back, and we're like, oh, my God, you know? Right. 4 a.m., this is, like, absolutely terrifying. <laughs> sure. They're like, we're dead. Yeah. <laughs> but you're describing the plot to, like, an Italian giallo yeah. film, yeah, exactly. by the way. Yeah. It's like the house where the children once laughed. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's my favorite Corbucci <laughs> film. <laughs> so, 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 wait, so who are these creepazoids? They were squatters. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> It was, it was, no one told us they were down there. We just sure. assumed we were alone. I mean, I guess they had a hard enough time saying, you sleep there. So to explain, oh, and also yeah. there are going to be three dope But so you're uh, face to face with these guys. Do you then just like back away and go back to your sleeping bag? Or is there a sort of a standoff there? <laughs> well, I realized they had been sleeping on these like pads that were covered in plastic. Uh-huh. And they didn't have sheets. And I don't even think they had pillows. <laughs> And they were sleeping like with the dogs, oh. and it smelled awful. <laughs> yeah. It's like they never like took them outside or anything. Yeah. <laughs> so are they hard to reason with, or you just be like, "Hey, good luck." I'm just gonna. We didn't get exchange out. any words. It was like glancing at like a right a native right tribe that you know, <laughs> right. couldn't communicate. With. Yeah. They've never <laughs> seen other humans. <laughs> so I guess they. I mean, they probably also dealt with that though before. That was never clarified. Yeah, I mean, we would assume <laughs> that. I mean, the, I the, the the main question that that pops out to me is 
how are you performing with your leg fucked up or your ankle fucked up? Like, and covered like, in you know, flea bites. Knowing that you kind of, you're very active, like, like, how are you dealing with this just in the performance, even before you get to that place? Or, like these days on the tour after you've hurt yourself the first day? Painkillers, but avoidance, you know, was right. the main thing. Like yeah. when you play, you get this adrenaline rush. You don't feel it. Right. And then immediately after it comes back and it's worse <laughs> right. than it was the day before. Right. So weeks of this, you know, and I would take my sock off and my, my entire <sighs> ankle would be like black. Oh, <sighs> but you got the green yeah. Adidas to cushion the, yeah. uh, the blow <laughs> a little just bit. just bandage it up tight and take some painkillers. Oh, God. And just hope for the best. How is your heel now? It's fine. <laughs> okay, good. This was what fourteen years ago. Or something? Yeah. I think we're like, <laughs> well, who knows? It could have been fucked up from then on. Yeah. Well, I thought it might be broken. Right. I didn't know. Right. But there was nothing stopping this tour. I mean, we sure. were there. You know? Yeah. How long? How far in were you at? Like at this point, I with think the, about halfway. Okay. So yeah. Still got half the tour to go. Did, so did you end up playing the show there? Yeah. So we go to bed. <laughs> oh yeah. We Nate had some uh, Tylenol PM. So okay. We just like popped of it and passed out. <laughs> and like three hours later, the sun's like, you know, shining in on our faces. And I wake up to these guys and their dogs like stepping over us in the hall. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's pouring rain outside. Right. And it's a weekend. So like everything's closed. Right. You know? So we have a whole day to kill. And we go into town and I walk through some churches and some of the squatters uh, that live there, one had a tattoo shop. So he invited Nate to go get a free tattoo. And I remember walking in the shop, he had like this giant beer resting between his crotch, and, you know, between his legs. And uh, he's got his arm up. He's getting the Black Flag Bars tattoo. <laughs> at, the time, well. at the time, at the time. It makes could, total yeah. sense. Might yeah. as well. That's fucking insanity. <laughs> so he gets a tattoo. From one of these guys, from one of the long-haired, emaciated... You're best friends with the emaciated Squ squatters One now. of the squatters, yeah. And he just like was like, whatever. And I just thought, I don't know how people can get tattoos. Uh-huh. Like, just to do that on a whim seems crazy to me. Right, yeah. But, right. So the, It the, happens, you know. <laughs> I was yeah. Tell, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was telling yeah. him the other day, I almost got what I remember on tour with the dude from True North. Oh, uh, God, from yeah. what's it, the drummer? What was his name? Mark. Mark. Yeah, we we're walking at Gateshead. He was like, "You want to get tattoos? Go get a tattoo." And I was going to get the orchid skull, and he was going to get a middle finger that went all the way up his entire arm. <laughs> wow. <says> FTW, which <laughs> we decided against either. But which it was, also, was also the first time you had heard of yeah, FTW. The first time I'd ever heard. That. I was like, "What the hell does that mean?" <laughs> He's like, "Fuck so, the world." I was like, "Whoa, Florida thing." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I thought it was like Florida towards the world. <laughs> uh, but so it sounds like you, you, I guess, bonded with these these squatter guys they were that actually day. really nice yeah <laughs> despite and the, the people in the basement living. i think had just been kind of drifting through they right. didn't actually live there mm -hmm. okay so they these were, were recorders the for rails. bands but they had already occupied that space that's why we got them and this is the place before. in italy in northern italy in, in somewhere Mardina. yeah okay I've looked it up since then and have been unable to find it. <laughs> really? Yeah. It doesn't exist. It's it really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to know there's still a tattoo shop there. Right. Uh, how was the actual show? The show was crazy. There were hundreds of people there. You know, it's like totally outside of the town. Right. And uh, it's but There's all probably nothing like, going like on a, there. There's a yeah. crusty scene there. Right. There's like a dozen mangy dogs like running through everyone's <laughs> legs like chasing each other barking and right you know in between the bands the pa system is blasting like 
crippled bastards like <laughs> like so loud this is all making me so happy the fact that you're in italy and they're just playing crippled bastards i met one of them there oh did yeah. you gulio the bastard i don't remember <laughs> I, I think that was one of them crippled bastards for the listener were a not very good grindcore band <laughs> that has put out hundreds of releases yeah. uh and orchid my old band is how to tribute cop to them but i'm not on the song uh, it's sadly and also regret. luckily it is one of my weird regrets for a band i don't like at all <laughs> that i'm not on a tribute to them <laughs> yeah, this episode's going out to crippled bastards new record out on relapse records oh, god speed yeah. to them them and ringworm so yeah they're right up they're there with agatocles yeah yeah, with exactly. the most release ever. Again, for the listener, classic Minskcore band. Legitimately Minskcore? That's what they call yeah, themselves. Like yeah. Minsk? As yeah, in, like you can't like, hear the riff. Yeah. It's just all about the it was like, momentum. It was, no, oh, Minsk. Like the riffs M-I-N-C. are minced up so it. much. Okay. <laughs> no, no, but like they legitimately like, have hundreds of releases. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. It's insane when you look at their discography. Let's go through each one of them. They right literally now. must just shit out riffs, not just like, <laughs> oh, whatever, oh, whatever, here's another one, <laughs> yeah. whatever. We're Hagatocles, this is what the people want. Yeah, yeah. But what about also on just the, the basic level of like you hadn't played with these guys before yeah. the other guys in the band you were the dutch guys first show like the whole idea of getting tour tight over that but like just the going into the situation knowing like I, we don't really know these guys like, yeah we this really could go didn't. horribly wrong it kind of did actually uh-huh. <laughs> you know but you work through it yeah you learn how to deal with each other right yeah. and we had recorded a record on a whim like the year before how did so that we end had up a seven happening? inch how did the seven inch happen? Well, yeah. How did you guys end up? Like, I mean, yeah, two of you are in. Did are you record here. together? Or did you? Nate and I went parts? to stay with your own. I'd right. never like hung out with them really. Right. And we just decided on the spot, like, let's do a band. You right. Know? So we, which I, I guess think, is actually how the band I'm in, Ritual Mass, <laughs> happened too. So I don't. I'm acting like it's yeah, something but back, back then it wasn't that common. Yeah, yeah. Really. Like mm-hmm. you just get together, write songs on the spot. And, sure. You know, you'd record them and put them out. Right. And for us, that was really exciting because it. Sort of defied what it is to be a band. Sure. To go through this awful, like, you know, revision process Mm -hmm. and painstaking (laughs) band dynamics. There's some element where you're kind of like, why don't we always do this all the time with every band we're in? Yeah. Just like meet together for two days, write all the songs and get over with it. Yeah. If the chemistry clicks, you know, it can be an amazing thing. Yeah. And that's really what happened. So we showed up, uh, practiced a couple times. Tried right. to write new material uh, to have enough to have a set. Yeah. Right. And I think we had like 10 minutes worth of songs. <laughs> That's great. I mean, yeah. and so in personalities, did you get a lot like, or did it take a bit to like figure out like again in the van to get tour tight? Because uh, yeah. I mean, I, I as a person who I know both Marcel and your own, uh, but like I can, I could, like I love your own, but I could also picture it's like, oh, okay, you're your own. Well, they were all like resistant to being. You know, accommodating for a while. So I think all of us are kind of like that. That's terrifying to me. Like the idea of having to go on tour with people I didn't know, like stuck in that that kind of like close quarters is, I mean, that's such a crapshoot. Yeah. And was it this, was, was that the same lineup in the band throughout? Uh, for the most part, the basis changed, but Nate came back at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. But it's also crazy that you also at Dasa or the Oath end up being what? How long were you guys a band? Like seven years. That's yeah. intense. Yeah, it's longer than any band I've been in. Well, we developed a real chemistry once it was like established. Mm-hmm. You know who was willing to do what. Right. <laughs> <You> sure. <know? laughs> right. 
Uh, yeah, that is amazing. But also, like, why did, was there any point where you did it ever come up? Hey, maybe we should fix the van door. We didn't have the ability to. Okay. Eventually, the engine caught on fire. <laughs> And we were going down a hill in Germany, and right. just the engine died, and we coasted all the way down to the bottom, right? And just pulled, veered off to the side of the road, and we had to stay in some town for like three days <laughs> to get the engine fixed, or to I think get a just van. to get the yeah, to a guy get... drove another van in. Wow! Was oh, this... was this from like a punk rental like place? Yeah. Okay. Was this also like a pre-cell phone tour? Or were you right on the cusp in two thousand? Uh, the yeah, we didn't have a cell phone. Yeah, and right. I f- the way it was set up was so like it's crazy. Like you, you know, you'd email a guy and you'd hear back like, "Okay, the show's all good." And then <laughs> a month later, you'd show up and like, "We're here." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Still <laughs> happening, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Book your own fucking life. That was uh, a man. That, that was done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do love though the fact like behind like I just think like the orchid van, the air conditioner never worked. And in retrospect now, I'm like, why didn't we ever... I know why. It's because it would cost some money. Yeah. But I don't even think it would have cost that much money to get it fixed. So we weren't miserable in the hot <laughs> yeah. summer driving in a hot box. Yeah. Like, just watching Jay in the back back, like, sweating, wearing a suit jacket still. <laughs> just like, I am dying in here. That's- and I also was like, I'm not going to wear shorts. I'm just going to wear yeah. jeans because I'm an asshole. Well, that's why. Which is the yeah. opposite, too, I will say, yeah. of I remember when we went on tour. And I remember showing up to the airport. And you had the shortest short shorts on. <laughs> Did I? Really? You were wearing, like, the, I, you were wearing, like, it was that's it's Panthers. We were doing a European tour, but you were wearing like the shorts I wore in like gym in junior high, <laughs> where like my nuts would hang Rollins out. Rollins, yeah. yeah. And you were just like, "Hey!" And I was like, "Okay, this, no, I, well, this is a tour we're going on." In the summer, Oxford Collapse used to perform in shorts all the time, and like we and we get called out on it, and it's like, "Yeah, fuck you, dude!" Like get up on stage and play. like it's hot as balls I up could, here. I I did. I you know? it took a while to get me to shorts, like. It's, I, it's, I, I, I like went into where I was like, no, now I'm just, I can't, I have to wear jeans. We're not going to win any like cute band alert rocking the, right. uh, the shorts on stage, but <laughs> you I, was gotta, going, like, I was up for the cute band alert yeah. awards, uh, 2004. <laughs> that was, that's so, right. So, you know, I uh, really worked for that. Uh, but the, like, and we used to, we were, there was only three of us. So like we got to, you know, we would just rent minivans. So we'd get like a brand new van. It had all, it would have work in AC. Right. Have, it's the serious radio I so love. <laughs> you know, we could pack all of our shit in there and then yeah. you know the one time that the van crapped out on us the rental we just call up budget whoever like our van died you got to get us another one and right. they give us another you know never got insurance it was great <laughs> but <laughs> you know days, it was you know that but that's only because it was three people as opposed to say you know five or right or whatever right, so when you were when you're getting bit by fleas yeah and you got this broken fucked up heel like and at that point too you had played a lot of shows in your life anyways yeah. Like, I'm sure you've had those moments, but did you have that moment of just like, what Fuck am this. I doing here? Like, why am I on tour? Like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> like, because I've had those moments mm-hmm. and you've had yes. like plenty of those. Like, I think I just tried to stay focused on the end date. You know, <laughs> right. like, you, like, there's no reason to panic because, you know, I'm, I'm here. What am <laughs> right. I going to do? You know? Yeah. Right. I guess it is that a is, half glass full sort of thing. I kind thing. of just paced myself. But right. by the end, I was even dying to get home. Right. Sure. I I was like living on Twix bars and 
you know, I hadn't slept. I must have lost 15 pounds. Or <laughs> right. <laughs> what, 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 did, was there part of tour for you guys um, in all of your bands that was vacation too? Or was it always kind of like, uh, meaning like, you know, was it always just like, is it work? Fun? Or was it fun? Yeah. Like, could you, could you, could, was there still a novelty <laughs> really, about it? No. <laughs> yeah. There's very little about being in a band that's like rewarding or, <laughs> right. you know, most of it's pain. Yeah. Yeah. I really think there's like a masochism that, that really but fools I, people to, and to I do think compounding right. that is the fact, especially on this first tour, when you don't really know these other guys, all of these other guys so well. Yeah. I mean, I, I was lucky enough that like I was I was friends with the other two guys. Yeah. Um, even though we drove each other crazy, but like the novelty never wore off of like, well, we're in fucking Montana tonight. Let's let's get a steak dinner, you know, whatever. Like let's do something. Um <laughs> and again, I think it's also the dynamic less people. Right, you know, makes it easier to, uh, yeah. you know, want to kill yourself. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, no, I think I, I, yeah, it is weird. <laughs> it's just it's it's like you said it, that's the weird part is there is that element where you're just like, oh, it's just about that end goal, like, and you're just like, it's like you're like it's rushing. tunnel vision, yeah, yeah, but it it that can happen for years. Yeah, you'll put up with anything. Yeah, <laughs> what do you what do you think it is that made you put up with it? Like, after, I mean, all this time, I mean, you're still playing music. I mean, you know, we're all still playing music in some facet. But, like, what what is it that's you're just like, oh, I'm just going to keep trucking with it? I think it's to get a sense of validation mm-hmm. that, like, I'm here for a purpose or a reason. Right. And to to get experiences that right. you know, I can, like, think about later. Right. Because, like, in the, in the present tense, you, you can't really process them. Yeah. So, it, you know, on these tours or whatever, I would always be like in hell. Right. But I think the worst shows always go on to be like the most memorable ones and they are what make tours great. Right. Because if they were always perfect, then they would just be boring. Right. Yeah. Know? So I, I always like look at them with fondness. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like, cause it's, it's, yeah, it is. Like it's, it's, it's hard to re- sometimes remember the good ones. Like in general, yeah. But it's certainly easy to remember the bad ones. Well, for me, if they're good or bad, doesn't really make much of a difference. I never go into them thinking like this has got to be good or right. else, right? You know? Right. Because it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just another show. Yeah, because if they they didn't like me last night and they like me tonight, well, then what are you supposed to do with that info anyway? I mean, right. I yeah. Know. What's it? What's it mean? But right. I think that's interesting what you said about kind of almost collecting this these experiences and then looking back on them later so then i'm curious if you go back to you know charles bronson and Mm -hmm. you look at it now and you look at you know if you want to use the word legacy or whatever that that you know people look back very fondly on that band now Mm -hmm. how how do you look back on that whole experience and and what people seem to make of the band now well i don't know what they think of it you know Mm -hmm. i'm really detached and i like to keep it that way okay right because I lived it, and I, you know, yeah. those were my friends. So we didn't think anything of it. It was just like what we did. I mean, sure, it wasn't like we had set out. We kind of did it, you know, jokingly, being like, you know, all good bands die young. <laughs> you know, it's great to have enemies. And, right. Everybody, <laughs> really fuck with Tony Brummel. <laughs> yeah, but it's like we never really had confrontations. Right, we could get away with murder. I mean, sure, it was like no one cared about anything. Yeah, right. Did it seem like people, like, at the time, because I go back and, like, there are some days it seemed like people, like, I was like, oh, people remember Orchid. Like, did, or did you have those moments with Charles Brasso? Or, like, because there certainly were, 
most of the times I think with Orca, where I was like, ah, it's just another fucking band. <laughs> like we're just another, you know, show that these people have got to. Like, did you, yeah. did you recognize it at all? Like where you're like, oh, people still, cause there are just certain bands that like no one listens to. Like, you know, it's like a select few mm-hmm. can bring up like, I don't know why I'm thinking of Constantine Sick. <laughs> some fucking <laughs> bullshit man that fucking no one they gives broke a fuck the mold. about it anymore. Yeah. You mean like what determines what stays memorable? No, I just, I mean, did you think about that? I mean, or did it, did you recognize at any point like during it? Like, it was like, oh, people still remember this to some extent. Well, we would go there to Europe or whatever and people would ask me about the band. And right. it was surprising that they knew. Right. They like mm-hmm. knew the band members, the song titles, the lyrics. Right. They would ask me about song topics and stuff like what did you mean in this one song right and you'd be like what was that song (laughs) yeah and i still get that actually yeah yeah every now and then sure uh is it yeah does it feel odd to get that like just in general no because i don't really think about it too much i mean yeah i don't know what it's what it really is supposed to amount to i mean (laughs) yeah because my my focus is always on like the next thing right sure thinking like well well, i have all this other stuff that is unfinished right Right. i'm always behind right Right. do you get i know for me like i have to always be like i get self-deprecating about it yeah like or and i realize we've talked about that Mm -hmm. before you have to just like take the compliment that's because it's like for them it's exciting to like you know they're remembering some band that they like yeah and i know for like i'll just be like ah it wasn't that big of like yeah it's not that good of a thing like i'll start to get weirdly negative towards them like uh shut up and take the uh, take it and move on was there ever a point where you would get like that with people like especially no no, i'm always very (laughs) thankful i mean it's it's pretty flattering yeah right you know what's interesting is that uh, (laughs) i wish well going that way all the time going back and listening to uh to the youth attack record and looking at, and looking at it and, and really appreciate. And even when it came out at the time, I really appreciated the, I guess you would call it like the maximalism of the design and how much stuff was crammed. Just, it's a, it's a great looking, uh, like, you know, tactile <laughs> object, like the uh, poster thanks. and the record. And there's a lot of care put into that. And, and you know, you're, you're a funny guy. Like I'm, 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 I'm definitely getting this from you. And, <laughs> One of the things that I wanted to ask you, or or the the thing that I that I realized is that there was an element of humor, especially with Charles Bronson, yeah. and you know, in just the the irreverence and self deprecation, which is something that, especially in hardcore, is not like self deprecation in hardcore. At least the way I growing up on mm-hmm. Long Island, like mid nineties, like that was not; those were two completely different right. things. But then yesterday, when I was looking at it, like this had never struck me before. But what it, I'm reading all this stuff and, you know, it's like really enjoy. It's like, this reminds me of like Mad Magazine. And like just the, fa- and just the fact that it's like, you know, reading like when Mad was, was great and right. like just things in the corners and like it was just stuffed to yeah, the they gills. They overloaded it. And it was so entertaining. Yeah. But it was done with like love. Right. You know, um, and I, I don't, it just like it never, because I used to, I used to love Mad Magazine when I was me like too, yeah. 12, 13. And I could, mm-hmm. same here. And I never put that together. And I was like, it's totally like feels like you know this could be like an illustration you know it's also taking like zine culture photocopying stuff i think to like i guess at the, for the for the time to almost like it's logical extreme like it can't get prettier than this in this weird hmm. way right well, it was all intuitive yeah you yeah know, we were just making like what we felt it should look like and right we always had like ideas because everyone in the band was 
really jokey and uh-huh. goofy guys. Right. <laughs> you know, so we were always like feeding off each other. So there was so much content there. But is, is that the kind of thing, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but the idea of being jokey and self-deprecating and humorous, you know, was never something that I associated with, with hardcore in particular. Sure. Right. And I don't know if you guys had different, uh, if you had a different experience, like in outside of Chicago. Well, most like, bands are like, you know, really ego driven. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Whether they really hate themselves or whether like they, you know, right. think of themselves as like grandiose. Or right. Whatever. And I always kind of felt like in the middle, maybe. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause there is that, like the whole like self, the depressive and self hate like level. Yeah. It's, a, it's a form of egoism. Yeah, exactly. as well. Yeah, which is where I would lean. Like, it's yeah. just like that's where, like, on the spectrum of music. So that's the thing. I think that's where you say it's like for you know we've talked about it. Like, I'm, and I I'm less and less with it as I've gotten older. But like, I always was like, no, music is this comedy over here. Yeah, like, keep, keep them separate. Keep your comedy keep out of my separated. music. I just always <laughs> thought <laughs> it makes better art because it conveys more dynamics or more right you know, subtlety that like in real life. I mean, right. Are you, to combine everything was kind of absurd that we were going through at the time. It's like we were just white kids whose parents were paying for us to go to college. Right. And here we are bitching about it. The right. Whole time. Everyone sucks. Yeah. Right. Everyone's or like, I, I, you know, I didn't even know. I just noticed it again last night looking at it where it says like pay, mo- pay no more than six bucks for this crappy thing ever. And it's like, <laughs> this is not a crappy thing. I mean, whatever you think right. of the music, but just like as a as almost like a piece of art. Right. Like it's kind of worth more than six bucks. You know, like you definitely, you definitely put more than six dollars worth of time into (laughs) putting it together. I don't think he made the label made much money off. Yeah, (laughs) but I remember saying, like, can we do six dollars? I want this record to be like at cost, right? Which is always what the label wants to hear. Yeah, exactly. You know, oh, no profit margin? When Perfect. I was, when Let's I was do 21, this. I think, oh, that's the greatest <laughs> idea, man. Like, everyone will want it. Right. Right. Uh, I think I paid more than $6 for it. Uh, Vacuum uh, bumped it up a little. Vacuum oh, yeah, distribution. Yeah. yeah, I don't think anyone really adhered to that. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> so, I, I have another question for both of you guys, since you guys are both involved in predominantly, like, you know, heavy music. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, you know, I always used to think that like punk and hardcore is, you know, like a young man's game kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then I've been thinking about it. It's like, well, on the flip side, like the guys that, you know, created this stuff, whatever, 30, 35 years ago were young guys then. And obviously we all get older. Um, so is it not that necessarily that it's a young person's thing as much as like it grows with the people that created it, you know, who were young when they started it and now are getting older? Is this, this is very, well, the form no, is a weird question, right? The yeah. form is young, right? It's still in its infancy, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you think about it, right. But I guess like the same way that like rock and roll was created by young people right. and, the Rolling Stones are still playing rock and roll at 70 years old. Right. Because, you know, so it's, I think, and maybe it was me kind of writing off that style of music for, oh, like it's, it's bad. It's young. It's a communal thing. It's a live thing. Um, and I, I, I still think all those things. Right. But, you know, you guys are still involved in this stuff. Right. You know, and there are people that are, maybe it's safe to say 20 years younger than us who are also like getting into it now. Yeah. Sure. The right time to get into it. But, it's what we all come from. Right. So why are we going to abandon that? Yeah. I mean, that's how I guess I feel like it's, uh, 
I may jump in. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like it's, uh, yeah, like, I, I think there are, I don't know, I think with any any sort of, like, music scene, whatever it is, or any sort of, like, lifestyle, like, there are going to be the people who, like, it's like that was for them at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for other people, it's just, well, no, it just kind of, it, it grows with them. There are also then, at the same time, there are people who are just, like, stagnant with it. Like, there's certainly, like... I don't know. There's probably like some just like, you know, older hardcore dudes like in like, you know, New York hardcore, California hardcore, whatever, who's just like, yeah, well, they're just kind of regurgitating the same thing. Well, like sick of it all. Right. Or Chromax, where it's like right. a job. Right. Like they just play yeah. shows right. and maybe they put out a new record. Right. Yeah. And it ends up in some ways being, you know, as a person who's also gone to a couple like of the reunion shows, like it ends up being the equivalent of like our small world's like state fair. You know, like where it's just like, oh, we're going to go see Chicago and Boston and like uh, and Marshall Tucker Band (laughs) all in kind of one slew where they're not going to play anything new. Yeah. And they're not going. They're a legacy band. They're they're a legacy band. And that's what allowed like, you know, when I saw Chain of Strength, I thought it was fun. But it was also like this is different than going to see like a band I really want to see. see. I wouldn't be caught dead at that. I was just like fuck yeah, it. Yeah. I did it, like, and you I, know what? I don't need to go back. Pretty fun. I had never seen him, so I was excited. <laughs> and and I was I was like, you know what? I paid twenty five, thirty bucks. See, I'm gonna fucking mosh. Crazy. I'm gonna mosh and the X up, and X up. Uh, I should have X'd up. I didn't end up Xing well, up. Sadly, you know what? This uh, I think this. But is I a- certainly did mosh. But and it was also one of the things I remember. Like, and I don't know the reasons why I was there. With like my friend Jay Green was there, and he wasn't into. It. And I was just like, ah, whatever. I was yeah. like, I'm here. I'm gonna enjoy it. Like, I, mm. like it was fun enough. But because I took it for what it was, it wasn't some new thing. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get a little bit of the legacy band. I'm going to get a little bit of the state fair. Like, I'm going to see again Marshall Tucker. But band. it also sounds like, to speak, to speak to my point, is that you, like, this is the stuff you grew up with and you've appreciated it and you've grown with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this all came about because the other day I was listening to Brett Gerwitz being interviewed and they played <laughs> a clip from the new or from last year's Bad Religion's Christmas album. And it was literally... So many triple harmonies. It, it was... I mean... <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. It was... They did. They played a clip of Little Drummer Boys. Like, oh, we brother. overdubbed the snare eight times. Like, that's how we... <laughs> but it's... I, you know, I, look, no disrespect to Bad Religion and Suffer or whatever, but like... I was mortified yeah. right. for them. I mean, it was just, this is, guys, this is embarrassing. Well, it's right. easy to slip into self-parody. Exactly. Yeah. You lose perspective on what you're doing. And right. I think so. And especially with with punk and hardcore, especially, is ripe for self-parody, too. Yeah. Well, sure. Well, you know, at the core of it is this inability to assimilate into mainstream. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's like this fundamental resistance, right? At whatever the cost to right. hold on to what you were, mm-hmm. out of like this self-protectedness, right? Yeah, and that to me is really terrifying. Sure, because I feel like that's what will instantly antiquate you and keep you in the era you thrived in. Definitely, because that's definitely that. Pl- I mean, I feel like that plays off like we've talked about before. Like what my therapist says to me is just like you both want to be in a punk band that no one likes and you want to be on SNL and have the entire world love you. Like it's this like battle that I have with like, well, I've got these ideas I came up with at a certain point, but I've also want to get the acknowledgement outside of even this small world. Uh, Cause I do think there is some out like, I don't know. i also feel like it's a weird slippery slope. Like where, and it's like, I don't want to just like, 
it's like we talked about, I think, in another episode recently when I brought up, like, Scott Walker. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I don't want to just, like, be like, oh, you've got this age. Like, stop doing it. Yeah. Because 35. Like, I'm like this. I'm at that age. Yeah. I'm at that age for young kids to say, what are you doing? Don't stop. trust anybody over 30. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I agree where it just it's so easy to just become so. Like, it's weird to me to see bands like Bad Religion where it's like, I do legitimately like those first couple Bad Religion records. So when I listen to them for that certain style... Yeah. But where I'm like, you're playing the same songs that you wrote when you were 20 and like 19. Yeah. Like, it just seems weird to me. Yeah. Like, I would never want to do that because I don't relate to that anymore. Right. Not, I wouldn't sing those lyrics again. And right. Even if I felt that way, it, it, they've already been sung. Yeah. Right. And, but, it, and especially, and it's in a style, I guess, because also for me as a person who's like, I went through, you know, Orchid into Panthers into, like, it's like different styles. Like, it's like, then it, it feels like weird to be like, yeah, and I'll go back to, like, granted, I'm like in like a heavy band again, yeah. but like to go back and like be like, hey, let's do those Orchid songs again. Well, Seems the, like the yeah, dumbest thing in the world. Most people in your position would get Orchid back together. Right. And you'd play in Texas or right. one of those stupid fests. Right. Exactly. And uh, be a you'd fun, have fun, fun all fest. these fans and you'd make new shirts. Right. You right. Know? But and you think, whoa, right. people like us. We should keep playing. Speaking of new shirts, Orchid shirts coming soon. I'm shirt killer. <laughs> Can't wait for it. You know, this this show was awesome. Right. Let's do a couple more, man. Yeah. But so <laughs> well, that, and that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the other side of the slippery slope because there's that's the saddest. What you've seen, and I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but when you've seen like the revival show and they and you can see that they were psyched. And then the next time they come around, there's kind of less. People well, how do you how do you recognize, reconcile you know trafficking in in the world of heavy rock is the lamest term I have ever said actually. But let's call it active <laughs> rock and roll. I mean, with all, all with um with each of the you know the projects that I'm aware of that you've done that are that are that's all sound different, but it still maintains you know. To to the layman or someone who couldn't tell the difference between genres, oh, same, it's, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, like, what's your your take or your mindset on like continuing to work in this milieu, if if you'll allow me, musically? You're trafficking at a core of yeah. milieu. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I love it. That's right. Well, as you keep working with people, you develop ideas together, mm-hmm. and as you get older, you see things differently. So your perspective is always changing. Mm-hmm. You know, right? And I, I think that's where I'm at now. Is just kind of like looking at things from like this age versus right. like how I had been, <laughs> yeah. which was far more careless back then. Right. Now I find myself much more introverted and you know dedicating myself to working. Right. Yeah. And, and just being alone and trying to, you know. Right. Enjoy the things that I like. I, <laughs> right. I'm not interested in like uh, making good impressions or sure. getting out there yeah. or I don't know. But right. I guess, you know, I guess more more in the grand scheme of things, like are we gonna are we gonna hear you do like a uh, an acoustic singer songwriter record anytime soon? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still just your interests lie in. They've pretty much know, stayed the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just feel like there's like a you know if there's a drive to do something you should do it, but. It's like, if I didn't make it, I don't know who else would. I mean, no right. if I have the ability to do it, then I should do it. Yeah. Right. Whatever the cost, you know? Yeah. So, like, the last record for, for failures, I mean, it took three years almost to finish. Yeah. But it's because we worked on it really slowly versus, like, the other ones where we would, 
you know, and prior bands like rush something for tour or, you know, I just, right. I'm not interested in that. Yeah, right. I, I want to see like what my limit is to, to push it to see like, okay, I can write those lyrics better or I can sing this right. better. And as long as like someone is willing to tolerate me, <laughs> <laughs> that I will go to the ends of the earth to make it sure. what I like. Oh, right. I know. I completely agree with that. Um, and I find myself in a similar situation oh. when you're not in a band scenario and you're not beholden to a label or working in a studio or blah, blah, blah. Have a, and, you know, working on something for an extended period of time at your own leisure, you know, with someone in their apartment or whatever. Yeah. Uh, just the ease with which you can put something together now as opposed to even like, you know, five or six years ago. Oh, yeah. We were paying, you know, $500 a day to record. Yeah. Right. It was like the pressure's on. You better fucking yeah. hurry. Yeah. You know? And in, in a way, that was kind of a good thing because it didn't allow you to, to endless debate and, mm -hmm. you know, speculating like, is this the right, you know what I mean? Right. So uh, the immediacy of those records, I think, is, makes them charming to right. me now. But mm -hmm. I, I have no interest in like remaking them again. Yeah. Right. There doesn't need to be like a second Charles Bronson LP or something. Right. So you're yeah. never going to do the re-record the youth attack. <laughs> it's like, hopefully we don't ever re-record that site. That always seems like the weirdest thing to me when bands do the re-record. Because I'm just like, what am I getting out of that? I don't want that. Oh, you know, but like, I, I think I agree like, that it's... I'm like, there's certain... But it's just like, no, that one will work. That works for that. Like, I don't want to hear the one-eyed God prophecy records sound different. But, but, like, but think about it as... And I completely agree with you that it's unnecessary. But think about it like... There's plenty of stuff that I've put out that I was just like... I hate the way that this sounds sure. or like I could have played this better or like this is you know embarrassing to me I can't listen to this not that I'm listening to my own you know um so I but I do understand I think it's completely unnecessary and superfluous yeah but I can see from the creator's perspective of like artists yeah. always know. have different relationships than absolutely the audience. Yeah. I mean mm -hmm. even Beethoven thought Moonlight Sonata was garbage right you know like oh yeah. I don't know why people like that right you know right I don't get it yeah <laughs> Because <laughs> it's like, yeah. like, yeah, Beethoven, you suck. Roll over, Beethoven. Right. So, Mark, a question that uh, that we've been asking guests recently: uh -huh. What's the worst thing about you, professionally, personally, that you'd like to change? Oh, I complain constantly. <laughs> I'm never happy. Right. You know, I feel like everything is a letdown. <laughs> you know. Have you always been that way? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really discontent. Was there a certain point where you like realized that fact and started to be like, I want to change my life script here a little bit? I think I always thought of it like, that's just how I am. I don't see why I would fix that. Right. Like, but what's, what's to fix then? Right. It also sounds like, I mean, but that could also be a good thing in terms of, it sounds like you don't rest on your laurels and that you don't want to replicate things that you've already done and you kind of want to continue to challenge your, yourself. I think so. Yeah. It's motivating. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard when you're like, I love complaining. <laughs> like, also, like, it's the best thing in the world. But it's also, not, yeah. like, I do it so much <laughs> that, like, I did, there was like a couple of years ago where I'd be like, I have to, like, reevaluate my complaining yeah. meter. Like, just because it's like, I could do it. So, and there are certain friends that I'm like, I almost have to, like, not be in conversations yeah. with them. Because they'll encourage you. Yeah, just yeah, because, like, they, they, they bring out that certain, like, I do have certain friends that's just like, yeah, like, that's how we relate to each other. 
Mm-hmm. And it's so hard because I went, it's so easy for me to fall back into just being like, yeah, no, fucking fuck this shit. And this is stupid. Why am I doing this? And you're dumb. Well, <laughs> then it becomes an excuse of not to address something or to like, right. fix a problem if you just settle with bitching about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't, I, I think there's a difference between complaining critically compl- or complaining critically and whining. Yes. And I can't stand yeah. whining yes. or whiners. Definitely. But. Look, I'll, I'll complain with the rest of you guys. I can remember distinctly walking on Avenue A by the McDonald's, crossing the street with Jeff Selaney, the drummer of Panthers. And I was complaining about something. He goes, Jeff, you're going to get to a point some point where no one's going to want to hang out with you because you're complaining <laughs> so much. And I literally was like, yep, I should work on that. Because I was like, it's become clearly apparent to the world. Yeah. Like, I need to do something about this. And then I kind of curved it. I mean, I still complain about this stuff because it's <laughs> so fun. Oops. Do you have a um, like maybe a, a, a quick worst gig tale from another era worth uh, worth sharing? <laughs> I remember being in Japan with again with the Oath because that's the band that really played the most. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. Charles Bronson, I think, played in California and New York, but they were like one-offs. Right. And I, I remember being on the highway in a rented minivan with. Another Japanese band called Total Fury, and this, mm-hmm. the singer of the band was driving us. And those highways look like Akira, you know, like those giant <laughs> right. walls that like block the city, so you doesn't like they don't hear the sound. Right. And we're like racing down this highway, trying to get to the show. And uh, the singer turns to Nate, who's in the front seat, and he's like, "Nate, uh, which way we turn?" <laughs> and you're like, "All the signs are in Japanese." And Nate's like, "Huh, what?" <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, uh, we go left or right? And Nate thought he was kidding. And he was like, I don't know, right? <laughs> so we, he turns right and he's like looking in the mirror and we're like, what's this? He's like, oh, no. <laughs> and when you're in that situation, I'm sorry, was there more to the story? Oh, yeah. He goes, $200 oh. toll. <laughs> oh, $200 toll. We we're like, what do you mean? <laughs> To the end of the off ramp, and there's like a, a gate, and we have to pay a hundred equivalent to a hundred bucks. Jesus, to get off, and then we circled around and a hundred dollars to get back on. Oh my that god, is cra- are, are those consistent thought, over there? What's uh, that? Are those consistent over there? <laughs> like crazy hundred dollar tolls. I freak out. You have 30. no idea. You're like an infant. You can't communicate. You can't read. You have right. to be led around by a, a Japanese adult. That is the thing. I have. I mean, because that's the other thing too. I actually wanted to ask because you, you know, you tour with, you toured a lot with half of a Dutch band. Yeah. Like, did you feel like? Because I know I always felt like an infant. Like that's that sums it up complete. Like I would just be like, nah. Like anytime we toured Europe. I would just like like to the wolves. Like I'm just like hoping I can get from point A to point B. Oh yeah, I always felt so hopeless and clueless, you know, yeah. like this dumb Midwesterner. <laughs> yeah. You know, like everyone has like this like working system that they abide by and I'm right. totally oblivious to it. Right. You know? even tour like, all their customs are so weird. Right. Cause even that's the thing, because even tour in the States, like you're going through the different sections and you're dealing with the you know the customs of Texas or the, but it's still America you're still dealing yeah. like you get how you're going to get a sandwich like you know how you're going to like pay it you can interact with yeah you can interact human with beings. anyone yeah but yeah i always felt like an idiot and then did 
uh, you don't have to speak ill of that, but did like your own or any of the other Dutch members like be like, can you fuck it? Like, you know, why you got to throw it all on us all the time? Oh, we always got in arguments. Yeah, <laughs> constantly. Well, you know, they're like our closest friends. Yeah, you sure. Know? We're like, you know, we love each other. Right. Were those, how were those Japanese shows? Insane. Yeah. I mean, they were the best. And the people there were so excited. I mean, we, we, the, like the, the sound systems were all like incredible. And really? Yeah. We Did never you get, sounded better. Live at Budokan. Just your guitars and plug in. Yeah. Right. Damn. Yeah, right. this rules. <laughs> we've, had a, we've had other guests on the show talk about playing in Japan and just, you know, I guess at a certain level. And just like it's just very odd and the shows are really expensive and there are like yeah. seven or eight bands. Not necessarily like a hardcore show, whatever. It's just like a bunch of bands uh, playing. Yeah, I don't know if you guys. Way. Right. But there were, yeah. you know, like girls were treated weird. Yeah. Like. You weren't like counted, right, girl? You just kind of stand there by yourself, right? <laughs> I talk to you, right? I don't know. Uh, I always wanted to tour Japan. Yeah, that was that was Never that would have been oh, like the, the benchmark. Yeah. There's still somewhat the talk, or there was a talk at one point, but we'll see. If we it should happens. do the worst gig ever tour of Japan. Just perfect. go there and do podcasts. I was trying to think yeah. if we had any because uh, we did a tour together. We did what yeah, two we weeks did. or a week and a half. Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. Something like that. I'm trying to think if we had any shit was this, shows. Was this was just the UK or was this Europe as well? Uh, no, we did. This is Europe. Yeah, Europe because okay. we played Hoogevin. Yeah. Uh, and we played, we, played we played that fest. Yeah, Ebert. What is it? Ebert. Ebert Festival yeah. where I've talked about where that band, The Hoods. Oh, tried to steal your bass. Possibly tried to steal my bass. <laughs> <laughs> LA hardcore bass. And it was in their van, and it was like, oh, man, I didn't even know. <laughs> it was like, oh. I remember seeing Integrity play that best. Oh, really? And uh, Dwid, the singer, yeah. was like up on stage, like rambling on, like, you fucking faggots. Uh-huh. You faggots, you, <laughs> you don't know what's coming, you faggots. And we look at each other like, what is he talking about? And a guy that was with us on the tour went up to him. He's like, dude, who, who are you talking about? And he's like, oh, I was just saying some stupid shit. I don't know. <laughs> Classic Dwayne. But I remember going up to the side of the stage to watch Integrity play. Yeah. And it was like an American singer with like this scab backup band. <laughs> right. Like, Belgians. Right. Yeah. He lives there too, and right? And there's like a part where there's like solos and it's like this <laughs> yeah. long, you know? And it's not very loud from where we're standing. I hear them talking to each other. And he, the singer turns to the guitarist like while he's like playing. He's like, dude, give me a drink of your water. He's like, no, that's my water. And he's like, <laughs> and he's sliding the, the bottle of water with his foot while playing the song. Like, Ugh. away from him. That's God amazing. Damn. That's what I'm talking. Like that's there's there's a sil- there's an inherent silliness right. to that, which kind of seems to get swept under the rug because a band like Integrity is the farthest thing from humorous. Yeah, you know. But that's the fact that they're not loud and that the guitarist won't give him the water is silly. Yeah, and yeah. I love Goofy. that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, Mark, a question. Yeah. That we ask all of our guests <laughs> as we come full circle here, because you have given us. Some real amazing, some yeah. some 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 instant classics. I really between think the we injuries. Write that giallo film. The, you know, there's a second half to that story, but yeah, that's okay. Oh, oh wait, oh to the to the Japanese. No, to yeah. the uh the squat. Oh really? Oh my god! How much time do we have? No, it's okay. Uh, I don't have to tell it. It's fine. <laughs> Everybody died in the end. Uh, so <laughs> and I mentioned that everyone's dead. But but just, I'm a ghost. This is all crazy. The quick the quick repa- recap: We got uh, bodily injury, uh, <laughs> van troubles galore, uh, um, in- communication problems. Uh, you know, th- across the board. Squatters with dogs. Lot, always like a lot of squatters. Yeah. With dogs. A lot of great visuals. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So to bring this full circle, the question that we do ask all of our guests, what do you think of the word gig? gig. <laughs> I groan. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> oh, stay home. <laughs> perfect. Well, uh, that's a perfect segue because from Jeff and I, we want you to stay home and we want you to get home safe. Uh, thanks. Worst gig 